0: And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is Play by Play coming to you live here on this Monday. It is the final day of uh, warm weather tomorrow when we're doing this show. Right now, I'll be honest, I'm in a t-shirt, shorts, slides, dressed like I would be going to the beach. Tomorrow, whenever I'm doing this show, I will be dressed like I'm going to the North Pole. I'm going to over exaggerate like everybody else does, right? I'm going to over-exaggerate the cold front. It's only going to be 60 degrees. I'm going to have a hoodie on. The hood's going to be on. I'm going to have thick sweatpants. I can't wait for the first cold front of the year is what I'm getting at, and that's got me super excited. Hopefully, it's got you guys super excited as well. I hope you're also super excited for today's show, which is sponsored by the Blue Boot Foundation. Golden Motors, where price is priority, located on Highway 3235 and cutoff. And Dufresne Building Materials experienced the Dufresne difference with eight locations. Cutoff, Thibodeau, Belchase, Luling, Slideau, Araby, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. I'm already also speaking of things that we're excited about. I'm excited for Friday Night Tarpon Football. Our broadcast of South Lafourche and Vanderbilt Friday is sponsored in part by Dufresne Building Materials, Advanced Eye Institute, State Farm Agent Ashley Barrios, State Bank and Trust Company, Golden Motors, Joe Septic Contractors, Grand Isle Shipyard, Troy's Paint and Body Shop, the Blue Boot Foundation, and Lady of the Sea General Hospital, South Lafourche taking on Vanderbilt in a game that is going to be absolutely ginormous. A huge game. We'll be talking about that throughout the course of the week. Friday night, we had some local scores of interest. Hanville gets a victory over Central Lafouche 42-13. It's going to be tough for Hanville to get in, Um uh, We'll talk about that more in just a second. Destrahan extends their lengthy winning streak to, I think it's now 23 games. They beat St. John 23-13. to Big win for Destrahan. They're getting a, a big one. Thursday night, South Terrebonne got a 28-0 win over HL Bourgeois. An HL Bourgeois team that just could not get out of their own way. Um, committed a zillion and 50 penalties. They were getting back up against the chain. South Terrebonne wins their second straight and their third overall. Maybe the game of the night in terms of drama uh was Thibodeau getting a 26 to 21 win over Terrebonne. Thibodeau trailed the game 21 to nothing. It looked like they were about ready to get run out of the stadium. Um settled in, started to play better, started to shake Terrebonne's confidence a little bit, and they rally and get a huge. Uh you can't overstate how big of a win that was. Thibodeau needed to win one out of two to get in. Knowing that Week Ten was against Destrahan and 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 Thibodeau fans, baby, I love you, but you ain't beating Destrehan, Um, That was a huge win for them on Friday. So Thibodeau now sitting in a really good spot with the playoffs near. The game that you were able to hear right here in Kaylee B South Lapuja gets a fifty to seven win over Ellender Memorial. Um, the Tarpons really put it on them at the end of the first half leading into the second half and just kind of controlled the game, got it into running time. The big result in our local 4A district comes with Assumption, getting a 55-30 to 30 win over Vanderbilt Catholic. Assumptions now now your outright district champions in a district with Lutcher and a district with Vanderbilt. It is Assumption who battles back and wins the district. Congratulations to them. Lutcher beats Morgan City 48 to nothing. Morgan City's got some interesting stuff going on. I'll tell you about that in just a second when we get to the power rating numbers. In 3A, Edie White, oh no, mind. No, no, we'll start with Berwick. St. James gets a 54-13 to win over Berwick. Edie White gets a huge 45-31 to win over Sam Houston, which is a very good 5A school. Great win for the Cardinals. Donaldsonville was scheduled to play Patterson, but because idiots went to the stadium and shot and killed someone, uh, that game got washed away in a 16-all tie in the third quarter. Um, absolutely unbelievable and unthinkable that we continue to deal with those types of things, but... Such as life. Homer Christian gets a fifty-two to seven win over Thomas Jefferson. Um, Central Catholic of Morgan City on Thursday lost to Vermilion Catholic forty-eight to seventeen, and Covenant Christian falls twenty-six to twenty to Generet. That's our local scoreboard, which leads right away into a look at the power rating numbers. I could tell you guys, and by the way, uh, we've got Brian Colley in the next segment of the show. Brian is uh, on his leave for one more day. He'll be back tomorrow um, <clears throat> to help out here with the show. At noon, I got Brody Williams, offensive line coach for football, head boys basketball coach. We'll be chatting with Brody. And then we've got at about 1220-ish, we're going to have Brandon Brand, who's an assistant football coach at Terrebonne, but also the head boys basketball coach. So um, some good guests today, and we can't wait to to talk to them. But looking at the power rating numbers now, going into week 10, these numbers, as always, are brought to you by Go Preps, Hunter Bauer, and the crew um, they're the gold standard, man. They're they're the leaders in the field right now. Division one, Destrehan sitting at number six in the state with a nine and zero record. We know they're going to be in. We know they're going to be home. De- uh, East St. John seven and two overall. They're sitting at number thirteen. Um, might need a win uh, in week ten over Holy Cross, which won't be easy. They might need that win to maybe get a, a host game. Terrebonne, the number seventeen team in the state right now. <clears throat> they're going to make the playoffs, but to get a home game, they got to beat Hanville. Thibodeau has catapulted all the way up to number 22 with their huge win on Friday. Now they look to be pretty safely in. This is where it gets dicey. South LaFouche is sitting at number 27 right now. I don't see, and this is just me, I'm not a mathematical expert, I'm not a mathematical genius, but I don't see a way for them to get in unless if they win Friday. If you win Friday, you're in. If you win Friday, you're know you you're good. You're, you're going to the postseason. I don't see a way for them to stay in the top 32 um, unless if they beat Vanderbilt on Friday. I think East Ascension, who's one spot below you at 28, is in a good spot to win their game Friday. Ouachita Parish, Covington, Hondville, Slidell, some of those teams are going to win their games on Friday, and I just don't think they could hold on to their spot. Um... If Vanderbilt were an eight or a nine win team, you know, it'd be a little different, but they're only like a five or six win team. You just wouldn't get enough points. Um, I'll tell you this something that could certainly help South Lafouche, you're rooting hard for Central Lafouche to beat HL Bourgeois. You're rooting hard for Thibodeau to get another win um, against Destrahan. You're rooting hard for St. Edmund to win. You're rooting hard for St. Louis to win. So if you could get some schedule points from your non-district teams, that can maybe help you out. But it's going to be it's gonna be tough sledding for them to get in without a win on Friday. Division two, Lutcher's the number two team in the state. Assumption's the number three team in the state. Both of those teams are going to get in. They're both going to be at home. They're both rocking and rolling. Um, great times for them. Cecilia, our old buddy Dennis Gaines, they're number seven in the state. We'll have Dennis on again this week to talk about his team. Morgan City is an interesting one. Morgan City is currently sitting at number 30. Morgan City is a Week 10 buy. Morgan City's power rating scores 8.560. They are two spots behind number 28, Minden, whose power rating scores 8.690. Morgan City, by not playing, is going to collect some schedule points. Their number is going to go up. So if they could get a loss from Minden or Laranger or Franklin, or some of those teams that are above them, they could get into the playoffs sitting idle. That bye week is going to actually really help them quite a bit. Um, so, good on Morgan City. It looks like they are in a pretty good spot to make the playoffs. Division two select Ed White's the number three team in the state, sitting at nine and zero. Oh. Um, if if they beat St. James on Friday, they have a chance to move up to number two. Everything in this bracket is is about seeding and, and who you're going to face and when you're going to face them. And I'll be honest with you. Ed White sitting at number three. If that's where they stay, they may be playing Vanderbilt in their first playoff game because Vanderbilt is number fourteen right now. Ed White would get a bye. Vanderbilt would, if the playoffs started today, have to take on number nineteen Buckeye. If the Terriers won that game, they'd be play, they'd be playing Ed White in the opening round of the playoffs. So just something to keep an eye on there. We go to Division three. Home of Christian Schools in. Uh, but they're fighting for seeding. They're currently sitting at number 18. If they get a win in week 10, there's a possibility they could jump into that top 16, give themselves an opening round home game. CCA in Division IV select, they're also in. They're sitting at number 20. Um, they're going to more than likely be on the road in the opening round, but that's a team that could do some damage. That's a team that could scare some people. If you're South Lafouche, you are rooting, as we said earlier, rooting for St. Edmund. St. Edmund in week 10. They're playing Opelousas Catholic, who's six and three. That's going to be a really, really challenging game for them. So we'll see how it shakes out. Um, but it's looking like St. Edmund maybe is not favored so much in that ball game there. Let's catch a break when we get back. Out of the break, we're going to go old school. Our old school Monday at eleven forty-five interview with Coach Brian Kyle. He'll be back in studio tomorrow. But we'll chat with him about everything that he saw over the weekend. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this.
1: The French
2: Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM.
0: Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top of the line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships, along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092
3: West Main Street, Alano. Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems, your local power generator professionals. Serving the entire Gulf Coast as your Kohler titanium dealer. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators. For the most trusted brands in the industry, Kohler, Generac, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins, Onan, and more, Gen Gators at Industrial Power Systems is the place for you. 152 North Hollywood Road in Homa, and Highway 3235 in Galliano.
0: Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB. We go to the phone lines for the first time today and we welcome, uh, this is old school. We're going blast from the past. Back when Coach Brian Colley was still a teacher, he would have this Monday at 11.45 time slot. Coach, good morning. How we doing, man?
2: Good morning. Doing well. Yeah, it's old school, but it's not school for me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hear you there, brother. I hear you there. I spent the first segment of the show recapping some of the uh, results from Week 9 in Louisiana High School and then giving an update on the power rating numbers. Um, bro, we'll start with South LaFouche. They take care of business. They get a win over Ellender on Friday, a decisive victory. Um, but just looking at the numbers, man, your score is 10.280 right now. You're sitting at number 27 and if you're not successful on Friday, I don't see a way in, man, because I think that some of these teams below you are going to win and could possibly pass you up. It feels like the Week 10 matchup against Vanderbilt is a playoff game for South LaFouche.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, if if you drop that game, uh, maybe on the bubble, but it'd be a a lot easier weekend for them next weekend if they go ahead and win on Friday, then you know you're definitely going to be in the playoffs, and You're right. They got some teams below them that uh, have some good games, and I'm just amazed with East Extension. They're going to finish with uh, is it three wins possibly, and and I think they will be comfortably in like around twenty three, twenty four. It's uh, it's crazy. But the Torpens did what they had to do on Friday night, and now they got to prepare as best they can for a, a good matchup against Vanderbilt.
0: Vanderbilt's coming into the game after just getting blown up by assumption. But you know, you read between the lines, you read uh, you know, through the tea leaves and hear some of the whispers. Vanderbilt had several players who were out. Their locker room was was lit up by a flu bug. Last week, they had a bunch of boys sick. We expecting them to be closer to full strength this week. You know that defense after giving up 55 points is going to be hungry. Brad Vasto don't like giving up 55. I know Vanderbilt's going to come in angry and uh, curious to see how the Tarpons could try to combat that on Friday.
2: Yeah, look, they're coming in. They want to improve their seat on the in the playoffs. And you're right, I man. I'm sure they're not happy giving up all those points. But then you're probably going in with some kids out. It'd be an uphill battle. But Vanderbilt's going to be a well-coached team. They're going to come in ready to play. The Tarpons are getting, hopefully, getting some guys back on Friday, so it uh, should be a very good matchup on Friday night.
0: So, one of the things that was a big storyline on Friday was Thibodeau getting the win over Terrebonne. Thibodeau rallied back from 21 to nothing down, scored 26 unanswered points, and we talked to Dre on Saturday, and you know he he was super excited, he was fired up, of course. But if you were Tyler Lewis today, because, look, I was watching that one back on the Internet. The body language there for Bone at the end was was not all that great. If you were Tyler Lewis, what would you tell your kids today as you're starting a new week to let them know, hey, we're 17 right now. We're still in a pretty good spot. If we beat Hanville on Friday, we're going to get a home game. Like, I didn't like the vibe walking off the field. How, if you were in his shoes, how would you pick the kids back up today?
2: Oh, I'm sure that started Saturday morning or probably – uh. Friday night right out right after the game, you gotta flush it. You gotta forget about that game and the task at hand. Uh, a, a Hornville team that their record's not indica uh indicates what t- type of team they are this year. They competed. So it's gonna be a very good matchup, but you gotta flush that game against Thibodeau and prepare for this next game. You can treat it like a playoff game if you want. You lose you still in, but if you you wanna get a home playoff game and uh, it's going to be another good game. Week 10, Casey, look around that schedule. They got some very good matchups throughout the state.
0: No doubt. Week 10 is loaded, man. I agree with you 100% there. Um, the Assumption Mustangs win our local 4A district outright. Uh, even if they were to stub their toe on Friday, they would have beaten both Lutcher and Vanderbilt, which are the only two teams that could potentially tie. Them. Well, the Vanderbilt can't tie them. They got two losses. So, never mind. Assumption uh, got this thing sewed away. Um Stan came one Saturday, and he said something that I think is a huge compliment to Will Broussard. He said, Assumption started the year in the scrimmages in the Jamborees, and they were struggling, but that team has just gradually gotten better and better and better every week. And now they're sitting at number three in Division Two, fresh off of victories against both Vanderbilt and Lutcher. There's no one hotter in the state of Louisiana right now, man. Kudos to Will and his staff on a job well done.
2: And in case we talk so much about the buy-in, and Assumption has the buy in. And I keep going back to that game against Ellender last year where it, it just—it was so impressive. They were uh, competed against Ellender, and it was a brutal game. And I think their quarterback may have been out. And they, uh, you know, Coach Bruce started at halftime, go shake hands with every one of his guys and keep your head up. And I think they, they have a complete buy in. They're playing with confidence right now. And their defense got healthy at the beginning of the year. They had a couple of guys out with injury and sickness. They're completely – it looks to be completely healthy right now. And that offense, that two-headed monster, uh, my goodness, with the quarterback and the uh, Jacobs that's uh, running back, it's, uh, that is tough to stop. And we mentioned this in our broadcast that when Jacobs doesn't run the football, he's there blocking an the quarterback. And that's uh, – that's, uh, it's good to see. And when the buy-in and the talent they have, something
0: uh, can uh, can make a run at things. Padna, um, I think it's later this week, but it actually, now that I'm looking at my calendar, I think it actually might be early next week is whenever we have the first list of proposed districts that's going to come out. Um, there's some whispers locally that in our local 4A district, not really interested as much in 5A, but it looks like that's going to stay the same, you know, Central with the River Schools, Terrebonne with the river schools but there are some whispers amongst folks in the 4a community that our 4a district is going to add ed white and then move lutcher somewhere else to keep the same amount of teams because of course ed white is now a 4a school um if you were in charge of this i mean that seems like a pretty simple fix right send ed white to us and lutcher to play you know maybe towards a more baton rouge district feels like that's what makes sense for everybody right
2: well, if I was in charge of it, I would send E.D. White one way, Lutcher the other way. <laughs> Make sure they're not in our district. But, yeah, look, I, I think uh, E.D. White is going to definitely come in, and Lutcher, if, if they have a place to send them, they, they will. But if not, I mean, can you see where uh, Lutcher and E.D. White both stay in in a, the Oof. district?
0: Would be an absolutely brutal district. Not that it's a cakewalk already, but then you'd be adding E. D. White to that be just yes, absolutely brutal. Um, no LSU to talk about, no Alabama to talk about. Both teams took their bye, and you and I throughout the course of the week are gonna be breaking down that matchup pretty heavily. Uh, but the New Orleans Saints got a win yesterday, thirty eight to twenty seven over the Colts. Um Look, man, the Colts' defense isn't any good, but that doesn't change the fact that the Saints' offense did play better. Derek Carr had 310 yards passing, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Taysom Hill put it into the end zone twice with his legs. Kamara had some nice plays. Rashid Shahiba's was taking the top off of the defense. Um, you know, I'm not going to be all fully bought in until we see it maybe against a little bit of a more quality opponent, but New Orleans did what they had to do. They go on the road despite fighting illness, apparently half the team has a, a stomach virus. Uh, they went on the road and they got a win, man. That's progress.
2: Yeah, we, we talked about it during the week about the uh, you know the Saints. They um, <laughs> they they still have the pieces that they should be winning these type of games. So it's uh, it should be it's a surprise because the way they were playing leading up to that game. But really, it shouldn't be a surprise that the Saints can go in and, and beat this type of team the coach they did yesterday. But look, uh, Derek Carr. It just seems like. He's the type of quarter he can't not play when he's ticked off. He, when he looks ticked off and just screaming and telling people how to do their jobs, I, I think it's a, it's a train wreck with him. And he just looked a little more comfortable. Uh, maybe they opened their notepads up for a day or two and <laughs> got on the same page and uh, they, they pulled out the win. But they did what they had to do on the road. Now, uh, let, let's see if you can come back. The next week, you at home, I think it's the Bears, they play in a team that, again, they should win that game, but there's no telling this year with the uh, the way they've been playing.
0: Boy, um, everybody early in the season was making fun of Sean Payton. He loses the third game of the season, 70-20 to 20 to the Dolphins. They kind of hit rock bottom. They lose to the Jets. You know, they had some tough ones there. They've won two straight. They beat Green Bay two weeks ago. They put it on the Chiefs yesterday look, Denver's not going to make it to the Super Bowl. They're not even going to make it to the playoffs. But I think some of the talk that was going on around the state of, oh, man, he can't win without Drew Brees, I I think some of that needs to be muted because Denver is getting better, and I could see where if Sean gets a quarterback, ooh, look out because those Broncos are still playing really hard.
2: Yeah, it, it takes a while to put a new system in, I guess, with, uh, with Denver. And, yeah, it seems like let, let's just see how they do – the next several weeks if they keep on improving or if it's just a little fluke right here where they're going to play good for a couple of games and then and, and go back down. But, yeah, look, and look you can't – Sean Payton's a good coach, a great NFL coach, and uh, once he gets the guys doing what he wants to do, how he wants it done, uh, they should have success in that system.
0: So last week, I think it was last week, maybe it was two weeks ago, I was telling you that Travis Kelsey gets 108 yards per game when Taylor Swift is in attendance, but only 46 yards a game when she's not. She was not in attendance yesterday, and Travis Kelsey had another bad game. Are you willing now to say that there's something going on there?
2: No. No. <laughs> no. 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 Man, I, look. Whew. I don't know. People just get – it's crazy. I'm not uh... – into all this stuff they show her at games and if she's here she's not here uh it doesn't matter i just heard on the the news this morning that she's a a billionaire now yes she is Uh, one point something billion
0: yes she is that is uh unbelievable look lsu playing alabama um i'll ask you this one question um and i know what your answer is going to be but i'm going to ask it anyway alabama is a three-point favorite at home I looked at that initially and thought, man, I'm a little surprised Alabama's not six-and-a-half, seven-point favorite at home, but you've been telling me all year, hey, you're not all the way bought in. Are you surprised to see that number, a very small number for the game Saturday?
2: No, I'm not surprised on it at all. Uh, I wouldn't... I'm actually shocked that even Alabama might even be favored because uh, with the way that two teams have been playing this year, yeah, LSU's defense... Had a couple of rotten games, but uh, look, Alabama's got to fight. And it's not the same Alabama team. They got to scratch and claw the entire game to uh, to grind out victories, and they are. And Alabama is getting better, but the Tigers, their defense is getting better and the offense stays, uh, you know, status quo, doing what they've been doing all year. So, uh, no, and look, during the week, that number may even come down a little bit.
0: So last thing i got for you, then I'll let you go on about your day is I got basketball coaches stacked up in the next two segments. I got Brody next, and then I got Brandon Brown after that. Um, right now, I'm looking at the date. It's uh, pre-Halloween, so October, what, 30th? Um, what are some things right now, if you were still coaching basketball, that you'd want to see? Obviously, every school's different. Some schools have more kids than others. Some schools have a lot of their roster playing football. Others do not. But in this preseason stretch where you're in the gym, what are some things that you're hoping to see right now?
2: Well, you're trying to get your kids in basketball condition, and now with the way the rules are, you could have been doing that uh, since the first day of school. But uh, right now, you just want to see your kids developing. you want to make sure that uh, the systems that you're putting in, that they're catching on to it. And fundamentals is you, you want to just get better and better at the fundamentals. And a lot of times you know these coaches put in stuff and I, I learned this later in my career where you, you have to tell these kids uh, the why part like why are we doing this for them to actually buy into your system and just keep the fundamentals keep harping at it and try and get uh, better each and every day on the fundamentals and uh, once you get your whole team back together you put it all together then you start yelling as a team. How
0: smart is it um or how difficult is it? And I guess smart maybe isn't the right word. How difficult is it to build a schedule? Because, look, you're trying to build your schedule to win as many games as you can, A. But, B, you're also trying to make sure that you have an accurate pulse of what your football team is doing. And, and why I bring this up is I saw on social media just now, E.D. White is playing a basketball game this week against the Willow School they're not going to have any football guys, right? And, and I think that that's pretty much all E.D. is going to be doing. I think they play much later, uh, later on after that. But, you know, it feels like a big part of the job is getting your guys ready, but also getting your schedule ready so that you could have your best foot forward. Like, there's a lot to juggle there in the beginning of the year, isn't it?
2: Yeah, look, before the power ranking system came in, coaches were playing like that very first week they could. They were scheduling two games a week. And they would go throughout the season that way. Now, a lot of schools, you, you look at your football team and you got to try and project, okay, maybe they're going to be in the playoffs, win one or two games in the playoffs. Some teams don't play their first game. And I did this a, a few years. Some games don't play their first game until December. Like even after you know, Thanksgiving, you don't even go to any tournaments in December. That's when they can start playing their first game. So it's a, it's a balancing act where, when you're building your schedule, you have to find games that you win, that you want to win. And I took the approach later where I just wanted to schedule. I wanted to win. Schedule as many games as you could. And sometimes it's going to hurt, but you got to look on the previous year. Okay, well, this team won 15 games. So if we can compete with them and beat them, but then the next year they only win like two or three games. So, uh it's year in and year out you, you got to look at the schedule but uh yeah right now it's such a, a balancing act where you're trying to get games where teams are going to win some games and teams where you know or you can try and compete and beat
0: yeah no doubt well look man thanks so much for the time y'all be safe getting home and see you tomorrow partner appreciate it yep. have a good day yep you too that is coach brian colley doing an excellent job as always he's on his way home from a nice time with the family, uh, we'll we'll have him back in the studio tomorrow, uh, and I think we'll have him for the rest of the week. After that, maybe the back end of the week he might be might be away. But let's catch a break when we get back. Uh, we're going to Brody Williams. Uh, we're gonna it's a double dipping here. We're gonna be talking to him about football and basketball. Both sports are going on. It's play by play. We'll be right back after this quick commercial timeout.
1: Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about dofriend Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dofriend Easy Buy? Come see us at dofriendlumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Golfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. Time is money.
5: Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand-related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafouche New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agriculture. Cultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse. 985 868 0430. Venture
6: Boulevard, Homa. 3T Oil Change is an efficient, quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and
0: cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through. No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798 7401. Proud supporter of South Lafouche Sports. 3T Oil Chain says, Go Tarpons! Come on.
5: Yeah. If you want it all back,
7: jump to your feet right now. Oh.
0: Welcome back to Play by Play here on KLEB, Casey Jisclair here, flying solo today. Uh we got Brian back tomorrow, but we go to South Lafouche High School for this next segment, and we have Coach Birdie Williams on the line. Brody, good afternoon, buddy. How we doing? Doing good. Casey, how doing? Good, man. Good. Uh, fun day. Uh, start of a new week. It's a big week for the Tarpon football team. Um, was just talking about this with Brian. I don't see a way for you guys to get in uh, unless if you beat Vanderbilt. So I'm sure the kids are aware of the implications. I'm sure that you know they're ready to get rolling, and it's going to be a big football game against a rival. Uh, should be an exciting night on Friday.
7: Yeah, I'm expecting a big crowd. I think it's going to be a, an electric atmosphere. Uh, and, you know, it's basically a playoff game. Either win and advance or you, you win and you go home. So, or, I'm sorry, win and advance or lose and go home. So, uh, yeah, I think we're looking forward to it. We're going to uh, hopefully be locked in and, and super, super prepared uh, and, and, and try to keep everybody healthy and, and uh, more mental reps and stuff. So, I'm, I'm excited for sure, I'm sure a lot of the kids are too.
0: I think one of the biggest areas of improvement for South LaFouche this year is up front on the offensive line. Last year, you guys could not run the ball unless if it was Carson just kind of breaking out and making something happen. This year, you guys are running the ball extremely effectively. And, you know, yeah, some of it is meatheads just seeing the holes and running harder, running better, whatever. But you can't take credit away from that offensive line, bro. Your unit this year, despite battling some youth, uh, is a unit that has gotten a ton better, brother.
7: Yeah, they uh, they work extremely hard. And, you know, I had Aiden Bruce last year. He's a senior this year. He, he was a starter as a junior. You know, when you get that one year under your belt, it, it makes a big difference. And uh, Tribe Alamo, Lace and Alamo, same thing. So we got some good senior leadership on there. And uh, we got two freshmen that. Honestly, if you not if I wouldn't tell you, you probably wouldn't know they're fresh. They, they're big, they're physical, uh, and just we just actually, you know, we, we lucky that we're gonna have them for three more years. And and Sawyer Wells, is, he looks like a college offensive lineman. You know, he's he's big. He's and when he gets in the game, we thought we call him a gamer. You know, practice sometimes he he just uh, you know he doesn't maybe give he gives effort, but he might be you know moping around a little bit. But in the game, he go he comes out and he just I mean, he punishes people. He's physical. He's uh he's big, he's strong, uh you know and having coach coach uh, Rafe plays on there, me and him can tag team and he he knows a lot of football. He uh and offensive line plays a specialty, um you know I, I remember watching him and Nichols. He was a he was fun to watch and he hardly ever lost a battle. Good player over here and he kind of brings that not only that you know that, that mentality, that nasty mentality, but uh, a lot of technique stuff too that me and him we we talk about and. We've all got eyes on it. All, you know, sometimes we, we watch in certain positions, and um, it's only made us better in the long run. Uh, we, don't, you know, we don't mental bust as much, and, uh, they, you know, the players go out and do it. And, um, yeah, I think we only – the sky's the limit. We keep growing, and um, this year has been fun to watch them for sure, though.
0: It's a Vanderbilt defensive line that's going to be very well coached. Brad Villavasso is a guy who spent some time coaching in the SEC. So, I mean, obviously he's got a ton of skins, you know, on, over his shoulder. Coach Tommy Minton does an excellent job as well. What are some things you're seeing in the Vanderbilt defense that you guys are going to have to try to combat?
7: Yeah, they're very disciplined up front. Uh, they're not as as physically gifted as they have been in the past. They're still very well coached. They play with great leverage. They, they rotate a lot of different guys in there. Um, I think we're gonna have to be able to run the ball effectively. And I think we could attack them in the secondary. I think um and you know, they got some younger guys it seems like in the secondary and I think we could throw the ball a little bit but in order to throw it I think we're gonna have to establish the run. I mean it's no secret. People are gonna watch film on us. They know that we, we run the ball. You know, we try to run the ball and we um, we're gonna set up the try to set up the pass with the run, you know. So um I think we could attack them that way you know but if we don't establish the run it's going to be a tough night for us uh but when we do establish the pass if we do we it's going to open up the passing Uh, i'm sorry the run is going to open up the passing for us
0: let's talk about basketball for a little bit because it's kind of a an awkward time right because like this time next week football may or may not have a game if they don't have a game then obviously you're going to be full squad if they do have a game then Obviously it's going to be full steam ahead in the playoffs and everything. Like what I'm getting at is it, I feel like it's kind of hard for you to make practice plans right now because you don't know from day to day, week to week what you're going to have.
7: Yeah, that that it, it's been a little bit strange, you know. In some years we have more football um basketball guys, you know, but lately we haven't had 10 yet, you know. Most of our guys play football, In some practices we have four or five kids, you know. Um because some of them at cross country meets or swim meets, and you know, when everybody's there, I think we got eight, eight that are there right now that aren't football. So yeah, we haven't really had a chance to scrimmage and stuff. We're just doing a lot of drill work and some shooting, and you know, trying to get those guys ready to play whenever the season does start. But yeah, it's a little bit uh, a little bit strained. I remember the years when I was a coach, Kale, like when Ben Robichaud and all here, we had a full, you know, a full team. A lot of those guys didn't play football. And, uh, we, you know, we've got a lot of our stuff ready. And, I mean, it's a double-edged sword. It's good. I like having, uh, double, you know, dual athletes, especially football players, because they're physical and they're strong. But then you might be limited in some of the schemes you can put in, uh, especially early on in the season. You know, you might peak a little later than uh, some of the teams that have maybe just basketball guys. So... D-
0: I'm trying to think of the right way to ask this question. Does Do you think momentum carries over from one sport to the next? And what I mean by that is Meathead is having a great football season and he's going to be one of your basketball guys. Terrence Petrie is having a really good football season. He's going to be one of your basketball guys. Do you think that you could grow confidence in one sport that carries over to the, to the next?
7: I, I think so, absolutely. I think uh, the main thing is just you kind of – as the coach, making sure that their confidence stays alive. And, you know, don't uh, – because they're going to hit some bumps in a row and it's a totally different. Like when they come in from football, they're not going to be 100% ready. They're going to be a little bit winded. You know, and you can you can do one of two things. You could say, oh, you know, you're not, you're not doing what you're supposed to and kind of like crush them a little bit. Or you can kind of say, look, I know you're a player. I know you're a ball player. He's going to come. Your shot's going to come. Give it a couple weeks. And just kind of reinforce that they, you know, you they know they're an athlete, you know they're a good player, and uh, I, I think so. I think, I think once you give them that confidence, they uh, they take it and run with it. And then I know a lot of the kids are, are ready. I know I talked to Nick Coleman. Nick Coleman goes to football. He goes home right quick, and then he comes to watch practice. He doesn't shoot, doesn't do nothing, but he just couldn't watch. And I talked to him after last week, and he was like, "Go, oh, I'm ready for basketball." I'm like, "Yeah, football." I said football be ready for football we've got a big game he's like no I'm ready for football too so I'm not saying that he's like I'm just being in the gym makes me feel uh you know I'm just I'm just ready for it he's excited so hopefully they excited and uh hopefully it carries over from sport to sport
0: for sure man look before we let you go um one more football question and I always wonder these things like I know at times you know when preparing for like Ellender in basketball Brian would let the defense press with six guys on the court just knowing, hey, it's going to be chaotic and just to try to simulate the pressure that you're going to feel. How do you guys this week prepare for the speed and the elusiveness of Jalen Coleman when no one in your locker room has that type of breakaway speed? Like, How do you simulate it and make sure the kids are ready for it without having anyone who could physically do the things that he does?
7: Uh, Just repetitions. You make sure that you know... You know some of their tendencies, and uh, you know we we whatever calls you make, and uh, whatever, we are trying to attack them, or you know, you do, with someone like that, you got to take one thing away. Like Coach Collie say in basketball, okay, you play bourgeois, or El, they like to shoot a lot of threes and, and make open layups in transition. Well, you got to take one away. Yeah, okay? you got to take either the three-point shooting away, or you can't turn the ball over and give them wide-open layups. And if you do that, you got a good chance of winning the game. Same thing with him. He's going to get his. He's not. You're not going to shut him down. But we can't let him dictate uh, you know running inside outside um their counters power, sweeps you know you got to take one thing away or at least one thing away, and limit him. and if you do that, you're gonna have a good chance, I think at the end of the game.
0: last question I got for you, dude. um I was talking to Chandler on Friday, and we were discussing the division one Division two thing, and Chandler said you know, hey, man, obviously our preference is to be Division Two. You know, we would be one of the bigger Division Two schools. We think that's a competitive advantage. But he said, if we are Division One, I, I would just rather be in a 5A district. I'd rather be in the district with Central and Thibodeau and Destran, Hanville, whatever, because that's what you're going to be seeing in the playoffs anyway. If you guys are Division One, would you like to stay in the 4A district? Would you prefer to be like Chandler? Like, talk us through that from, from the basketball perspective.
7: Whew, that's a tough one. I would uh, I would, would like to be in the warm, whatever would get us the most wins. Because ultimately, <laughs> making the making the playoffs is the is the first goal. You know, making because you never know. You make it to the dance, you never know. Yeah, while you will be playing some bigger opponents. I mean, I, if you don't if you don't win any games, you're never going to make it there. So, uh, that's a good question. I would probably say stay in the four A district and um, kind of how it is already because we can kind of compete which I think we could compete in the 5A uh, some years, but year in, year out, it's a little tougher than, than most of the other schools. We just don't have the the, the, the the amount of kids that some of them schools have. So, That's um, uh, a good question, though. I'm, uh, I would say for right now, my opinion would be staying in the 4A district. Okay.
0: Sounds like a winner, bro. Thanks so much for the time. Have a great rest of the day.
7: Uh, appreciate it. Thank you, man.
0: Yep. That is Coach Brody Williams doing a good job. Um, I mean, right there is a great example of why it's so hard to get a system that works for everybody because you got two coaches at the same school who, if they had it their way, would it would look two completely different ways. And look, neither one is right or wrong, right? Like Chandler's idea of, hey, if we got to play the 5A schools in the playoffs, we might as well just play them during the year. And then Brody's idea of, well, you know, I want to get some wins and I want to be in a district that's more favorable competitively to me. Like there's no right or wrong answer, which is the reason why this is such a difficult cobweb to untangle because you could have different strokes for different sports. I mean, uh, football, I'm sure football wasn't, wouldn't want to be in a district with East St. John Hanville, and Destrehan, right? They would prefer to stay, you know, in the local 4A district. So we're going to figure some of these things out and we're going to get those district proposals in the coming days and coming weeks and we'll be on top of it here on play-by-play. Play. Um, very quickly, I know the volleyball brackets are coming out today. Uh, just went on the LHSA website. They have not yet been released. Um, so we'll get the... If, if they come out... Well, actually, you know what? They have just come out. Literally, as I refreshed my browser, the brackets have just come out. Um, so Division One in volleyball, we have Hanville, who's in as the number 8 seed. They'll face number 25, Captain Shreve, in the opening round. Terrebonne is the number thirteen seed. They will take on number twenty Bird in the opening round. Central Lafouche is in as the number nineteen seed. They'll be traveling to take on Southside in the opening round. Uh is the number twenty-two seed. They'll be traveling to take on Chappelle in the opening round. So a handful of local schools have qualified in Division One. In Division Two, Ellender is in. They're the number sixteen overall seed. They will be hosting Edna Carr in the opening round. Uh, let's see at the D. Uh, we've got uh, Assumption, who's the nine seed. They will be hosting Northwood of Shreveport in the opening round. South Lavouche, coach Jamie Sheremy, and the Lady Tarpons battle back from a 1-11 start to the year and climb all the way to the number 13 seed in Division 2. South Lavouche will be hosting Neville in the opening round. Congratulations Lady Tarpons. South Terrebonne is in. They're the 27 seed. They will be taking on Academy of Our Lady in the opening round. Uh then we go to Division 3 where we've got some big powerhouse teams that are trying to win state championships. We've got Morgan City sitting as the 12 seed. They'll be at home taking on Cabrini in the opening round. Lutcher's the 11 seed. They'll be taking on Episcopal at home in the opening round. Vanderbilt Catholic is the number six overall seed. Or me, yeah, number six overall. They'll be taking on number 27, Vinton. And then all the way to the bottom of the bracket, we've got number 15, Berwick, who will be hosting Patrick Taylor Sciences and Technologies in the opening round. And then E.D. White, the number two seed, will be taking on Cecilia in the opening round. Then we go to Division 5, and we could tell you that we've got Central Catholic of Morgan City, who's the number four overall seed. They'll be taking on number 29, Slaughter uh, Slaughter Community Charter. Homa Christian School is in. They are the fourteen seed. They will be hosting Ascension Christian in the opening round. And CCA with Coach Hamner, they're the number 10 seed. They'll be hosting White Castle in the opening round. So not only do we have a bunch of local teams in, we've got a bunch of local teams who will be at home in the opening round, which is just tremendous work. Let's catch a break when we get back out of the break. We're going to another football-slash-basketball coach and one Mr. Brandon Brown. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this quick commercial timeout.
4: Education. Prevention. Care. At Terrebonne General Community Sports Institute, we're committed to impacting future generations through promoting healthcare education and disease prevention. Our team specializes in athletic injury prevention and post-care, using the latest techniques to help athletes perform at their best and stay in the game or get them back in action. Discover more about how Terrebonne General Community Sports Institute provides healthcare for our community at tghealthsystem.com.
6: Everybody has a story, a dream. We don't always know where it'll take us, even against all odds.
8: I was born small. They said I was weak, that I wouldn't make it, said my heart wasn't strong enough. But through the years, I've shown them what heart looks like, again and again. I've had help. Mom got me the right care and the right doctors from the start with Blue Cross coverage.
6: When health issues surface, it's good to know you can rely on the strength of the cross and protection of the shield. Your card opens the door to a large network of quality providers to care for you. Now,
8: I'm the one breaking hearts. Don't let people tell you who you are,
6: show them. With the right card, the right care, you can get back to your story and to making your dream a reality. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana.
0: Welcome back to play-by-play Play here on this Monday. It's a fun time of the year. We got football in the stretch run. We got basketball that's just starting up. There's a whole lot of something for everybody. We go to the phone lines for the final time today and we have Terra Bone, boys basketball coach, coach Brandon Brown on the line. Coach, good afternoon, buddy. How we doing?
9: Uh, good afternoon, Casey. I'm doing well. All is well.
0: Happy to hear that, bro. Look, we were, t- well, I'll lead off talking a little football, man. I know you're helping out there as an assistant coach and I asked Brian Colley earlier in the show, and I asked him, I said, Brian, if, if you had a team that suffered a very heartbreaking, hard-fought loss like you guys did on Friday, what would you be looking for on Monday to let them know, you know, hey, that it was just a blip in the radar? And Brian said, hey, man, it probably started in the locker room Friday night. It probably started Saturday morning. Like, I would have been working on getting those kids' mood back right. What's it like right there on campus, man? Are the kids okay? I know it was a tough one. Are they going to be ready to, go to roll today at practice?
9: Oh yeah yeah were we're a tough uh minded uh ball club. we just we lost focus uh for those three quarters. We thought that uh you know Tibedo was gonna lay down and uh is was a well coached ball club and they kept fighting and uh we didn't understand that at the moment and uh we tried to relay that to the kids, you know, it was a little mess up on our coaching style part and uh it's a collective effort and uh we're just gonna get back uh to turbo uh kind of brand of football, you know we're just gonna uh, shake that off and get back to uh, the way that we know we can play, beat uh, good ball clubs like uh, East St. John, and uh, you know compete with teams like Thibodeau. So uh, uh, we're gonna get back on in action and we're gonna prove what we can do this Friday.
0: Nick Saban calls it rat poison, right? Which is you know kids uh, hearing some of the things being said in the outskirts, reading some of the things on social media, and like it feels like. You guys maybe ate a little bit of the rad poison. You go on the road, get a huge win, then you get a big three touchdown lead. And, like, do you think that the guys are maybe just believing in themselves a little too much at times? Uh,
9: yeah, I, think, I think you uh, uh, were generous. We, we, we had a whole buff, a buffet of the uh, rad poison, <laughs> you know? So, uh, Thibodeau helped us out and knocked us back down to uh, to grind mode, you know? So, uh, uh, we, we were, we we're thankful for the, uh, the hard fought lesson and we're going to persevere through, and uh, we're going to uh, make some noise again.
0: Let's talk some basketball now, man. I had Brody Williams on in the last segment, and Brody's in the same spot as you where he's coaching football but also preparing for basketball. Brody told me, he said, man, I just got like four or five kids. I don't have a whole lot because they pretty much all play football. How many do you have that are basketball only, and what are some
9: things you guys are working on right now in the gym? Uh, I mean, just this, this regular stuff. I we I have about good bit. i will say about 17, 18 kids. But I mean far as varsity wise, I'd say I got five. But all kids are working. I got a good freshman bunch and they're getting a lot of reps and uh they're taking the, taking advantage of it. And I think that we're gonna be a uh, you know, scrappy team and we can come away with some some wins.
0: How long does it take for a football kid to get over the, you know, bumps and bruises of football and then to also get in basketball shape? Because it's crazy to me, man, and, and you know this. You could play football and you could be a running back and you could run for 250 yards a game, but then you put that kid on a basketball floor and within five minutes they're gassed and they can't go. It's just a different level of conditioning. How long does it take for them to fully get the cobwebs out?
9: Uh, fully get the cobwebs, I would say about a good two to three weeks. You know, those special players that take about a week, but all in all, just, uh, getting the floor to offense and understand the chemistry on the defensive end, it's about two to three weeks, but uh, um, I'm putting pressure on my football kids. They as soon as they they finish and they, they're the doctors clear them to go, they come with us. We're, we're throwing them right in there. They can they can make their mistakes along the way. You know we don't have that luxury of not playing uh, football, kids. So I'm pretty sure they're gonna welcome the challenge and they're itching to uh, to come back. But like I told them, the job's not done with football, so they got to stay focused.
0: You told me over the summer that it would be a little bit of a different type of tearbone team. You don't have the big, you know, six foot nine or whatever he was in the middle. Gonna have to rely maybe on some guard play, maybe a little more up tempo, pressure defense type of team. Um, are you excited? I mean, that's a, that's a fun brand of basketball to coach. It's a fun brand of basketball to watch. Are you excited about this group?
9: It's a double edge, so I I am excited. You know, I want to give those guys the freedom. I just don't want them to take too too much advantage of it because uh, we've been doing a great job of. Uh, taking out threes in and, uh, and spots and playing up-tempo basketball. So if we can keep it like this with the young guys and then include those football players coming back the same way, I, I'm happy with it. But I just don't want, you know, kids to get overly excited and just start launching shots everywhere. <laughs> and, uh, it might irk me a little bit, but I think it comes with the uh, the new brand of basketball. So I'm excited and nervous at the same time.
0: Tell me about your schedule. I know that, man. Look, uh, Brian and I talk about this all the time. Um, how you schedule is so vitally important now, especially with you guys in the super competitive division. One uh, is your schedule more difficult than last year? About the same. So, uh, who are some of the non-district teams you guys are going to lock up with?
9: Um, I think it's. I don't want to say more the same, but we got some heavy hitters. We we uh. We start off with uh, South Turbon. I think we can compete with them, and then we go go to Bonneville. I think that's going to be a um, a big test for us. Oh, yeah. I don't think we'll have our football players just yet, but it'll be a test for those guys that think they can uh, uh, fill that role with, with the football players going in this. See what they can do. So, um, but we got Newman on the schedule. We have West Jeff on the schedule. Um, we got we play Vanderbilt twice. So that's going to be uh, fun. And that's off the top of my head. But uh, I think we're going to uh, have a good schedule. That uh, strength of schedule is going to be big. We go to Jesuit tournament. Uh, so, and we got, you know, we're going to have our daily, uh, yearly rally with Sal Lapouche. So, uh, and plus our district schedule. So, no, nice hard for schedule.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. Look, um, what's the difference between year two versus year one? Last year, you know, you were. Kind of putting some things in, and you know, trying to earn the kids' trust, and then you were also trying to figure out which kids you could trust and count on in certain situations. Coaches always tell me year two is so much better and so much easier. Are you kind of experiencing that same thing?
9: Yes, uh, for me, it's, it's it's to be more calm, and, and I think that's easing up on the kids. I know they was uh, a little bit antsy to to uh, impress me. And I was just a little bit, I'm trying to create a culture and maybe I was a little bit too hard on them. So I think that that's all coming to a, a a level ground that we can all develop a nice culture and a nice foundation the way it's just about elevation and growth. So, and with that, you know, some, some, some players are emerging that didn't play that much last year that's vaulted to the top. You know, I got a kid named, uh, you know, Shikari Matthews. I mean, excuse me, Maddox. But, oh, he, he, he looks special, you know. So, I'm I'm i in um, just imagining big things from him, along with those football players coming through with Ny Smith, uh, uh, Colin Billiot, uh, you know, uh, Kevin Mahoney. I think we're gonna have a, a special group.
0: You answered the next question I was going to ask. I was going to ask you, you know, is Kylan going to do the early enrollee thing and leave you guys? But you just said you're expecting to have him, so uh, that, that's obviously good news.
9: Uh, Casey, I, I don't, I might not have answered your question. I just wishful thinking on my <laughs> part. So you know, what I, I'm expecting him, but I mean, of course, I mean he's in a, a wonderful situation. So for me, love the kid again. If he, he if he's here, I'm no, I know he will play. And if he's not, man, I'm I'm proud of him. He's going to do something that he, at his dream school. So it's a win-win situation for me.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that. Very well said. Well, look, Brandon, we thank you so much for the time. Look forward to seeing you a little later this week at Media Day, Ponda. Yes, sir. Thank you, Casey. You yep. Have a good one. You too. That is Coach Brown with the Terrible and Tigers doing an excellent job. I love chatting with him, man. He doesn't sugarcoat anything. I remember last year they were like 19 and four or something like that. And he came on the air and said, man, I don't like the way we're practicing right now. I don't like the buy-in right now. He tells you how he feels. And it's because of that honesty and because of that commitment of holding the kids accountable that they've gotten that thing turned around. I hope Kylan Billy Ott plays basketball just for the sake of being a fan and seeing that he's such a special player. Um, But like Brandon said just a second ago, if he does not and, you know, he early enrolls and goes to LSU early or just saves his body or whatever it may be, um, you know, that obviously is okay too because, I mean, the kid is trying to someday make a living playing football. You know, obviously he got to take care of his own situation accordingly. Let's catch a break when we get back. I'll get you some W's and L's from the weekend. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this.
3: Welcome to No Wake Outfitters, located in Metairie, just east of Causeway Boulevard, your one-stop fly shop and paddle sports dealer. Join us on November 11th for kayak demos in a new pool, casting demonstrations, raffle prizes, and a food truck. We have a new selection of functional and comfortable apparel from your favorite brands for the cooler weather. Our dedicated staff is here to provide you with the knowledge to make an informed purchase. Check out our exclusive brands, such as Rugged Road, Turtle Box, Overson Overtown, plus New Canoe 2022 kayaks are all 20% off. No Wake Outfitters, 1926 Airline Drive in Metairie.
5: Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa.
4: At Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation.
1: Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about do friend Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called DoFriend Easy Buy? Come see us at dofriendlumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Golfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the DoFriend difference.
5: This is Ernie Johnson Jr. Sports is about overcoming obstacles, and college coaches work hard to help young men overcome Duchenne muscular dystrophy. It's called Coach to Cure MD, and you can help. Text the word Cure to 501 501 to donate $25 on your next mobile phone bill, or go online to CoachToCureMD.org. Text the word Cure to 501 501. Help coaches cure MD. Brought to you by the
0: American Football Coaches Association.
8: Great news, home of businesses. We're here. We are Rev, a telecommunications provider with powerful solutions and unmatched local support. We've been bringing Louisiana people, businesses, and culture together for 85 years. Our fiber network delivers superior internet, phone, and security. It's big business technology with small business personal service. For a limited time, get up to $300 off business services. Visit us at let'srev.biz to
10: get up to $300 off.
4: Today's Medical Minute is provided to you by Thibodeau Regional Health System.
10: Hello, I'm Billy Nakan, the director of the Spine Center of Excellence at Thibodeau Regional. Have you had a recent neck or back injury, or have you been suffering with recurrent neck and back pain? Have you been searching for relief? Thibodeau Regional has developed a unique approach to treating neck and back disorders. The Spine Center of Excellence provides a comprehensive, patient-centered approach to ensure that you receive the right care at the right time from the right provider. The Spine Center is different because it offers centralized access to multiple specialties and services. Patients and their referring physicians are led by a nurse navigator through a process of assessment and treatment individually tailored to the patient's unique condition. In addition to total care coordination, the Spine Center's comprehensive services include everything from high-tech diagnostic imaging to physical therapy, surgery, alternative medicines, and chronic pain services. If you're experiencing back or neck pain, call today. 985-493-4501, the Spine Center of Excellence of Thibodeau Regional will put you on the path back to your normal routine.
4: This Medical Minute was sponsored by Thibodeau Regional Health System, nationally recognized for providing the highest level of quality care and patient satisfaction.
0: Welcome back to Play by Play. A reminder, join us every Friday night for high school varsity football coverage on KLEB 102.7 and 1600 AM. Our final regular season broadcast, pregame 6.30 kickoff, 7 o'clock, South LaFouche against Vanderbilt Catholic. I've given my thoughts throughout the course of the show. I think it's a playoff game for South Lafouche. I think they absolutely have to have it. Our broadcast is sponsored in part by Danos, Absolute Fitness, Southland Dodge, Neil Small Engine, Thibodeau Regional Health System, Rev, Maritime Safety Solutions, LLC, Calvin Braxton Ford, 3T Oil. I uh, actually visited my, my buddies at 3T Oil earlier today. Got my oil changed this morning. Industrial power systems, and last but not least, terrible and general health systems. So Friday night, big one. Um, Bring your radio Walkman to the stadium. I want to see some fans in the stadium. Hopefully we could get the place packed and give the kids a great environment to play in. Uh, We've got our W's and our L's. Our first W of the weekend. Boy, this is not one that I usually hand out, but it's going to go to Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott was very good yesterday for my Cowboys. They get a 43-20 win over the Los Angeles Rams. Prescott played his best game of the season. 25-31. of 304 through the air. Four touchdowns. One interception. He got the ball out to C.D. Lamb. 12 catches. 158 yards. He was throwing the ball down the field. They got a touchdown from Brandon Cooks, and a deep uh, throw down the middle to Jake Ferguson. So on and on, there really wasn't any negatives. The Cowboys put it on the Rams. Dak Prescott gets a W if only he could play this way the rest of the season, which, of course, is not likely because he's one of the more inconsistent players in the NFL. A weekend L goes to Dabo. Sweeney Clemson is an absolute train wreck of a mess right now. Clemson loses on Saturday to NC State, 24-17. An NC State team that came into the game 4-3, and three Clemson is four and four. And if I were the athletic director of Clemson right now, I would be telling my head football coach coach Dabo Sweeney, Dabo, you you got a head made of brick, bro. you've got to change your ways. you've got to change your values. you've got to change the way that you're willing to run this program because Dabo's the big, you know, Baptist preacher guy. He's always talking about, you know, Oh, We're not buying the kids. We're not going to do NIL. We're not going to do the transfer portal. Her, 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 We want the kids who want to be here. Um, doing that ain't working, Dabo. Um, I know it's a badge of pride and you're kind of the last one that's doing it the old school way, but you went from being an annual national championship contender to a team that might not even make a bowl game this year, and that's that ain't it. You're going to probably lose to Notre Dame on Saturday. You've got a brutal rest of the schedule. You literally might not make a bowl game this year. The athletic director over there at Clemson has to tell him, Dabo, you either got to get with the times or you got to get gone because this is not working right now. This is like watching the end of the Les Miles era at LSU. It just ain't working anymore. There's no way on God's green earth that Clemson should be losing to NC State. Um, Brutal. A.W. goes to Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Burrow and the Bengals are white hot. The Bengals play the same season every year. They start off slow. They make you quit uh, on them. They make you think that they don't have what it takes. And then they get hot in the middle and ride it all the way to the playoffs. They went to San Francisco yesterday, got a 31-17 win. Burrow was 28 of 32, three touchdowns, no interceptions, a 100-yard day for Jamar Chase. Um Tony Romo kept saying during the broadcast that Joe Burrow is healthy now. Um earlier in the season the Bengals are doing everything out of the shotgun to give Burrow a head start, right? Because when you're in the shotgun you don't have to go in your 3 and 5 step drops, you're already there. Um with the calf injury that was kind of difficult for him to do. Yesterday just about everything was under center. Burrow's footwork was better, his timing was better, and he has a huge day as the Bengals go on the road and get a big win. A weekend L. It goes to the New York football Giants. Uh, they lose to the Jets yesterday 13 to 10. And after losing Tyrod Taylor earlier in the game, Brian Dable just decided, hey, we're not throwing the ball again. <laughs> the Giants yesterday had minus nine yards as a team passing. Their quarterbacks were six of fourteen. Tommy DeVito, who came in after Tyrod Taylor got injured, was two of seven with minus one yard through the air. They gave Saquon Barkley thirty-six carries and they lose in overtime to the the Jets 13 to 10. Um, coach Dayball, if you don't trust Tommy DeVito to come in and play and throw the ball, then why the hell is he on your roster? Like uh, you could, you could have signed Colt McCoy. You could have signed any of the quarterbacks that are available, uh, with some experience that you could potentially maybe throw the ball to say Quan Barkley yesterday had three catches for zero yards. <laughs> I mean, at some point you got to stretch the field. Your offense was as ugly as any offense that I've ever seen. A Weekend W goes to the Assumption Mustangs. My buddy Will Broussard and his team are now 7-2. and They are the outright district champions. They got a big win over Vanderbilt. I cannot state loudly or proudly nor clearly enough the job that Will's done there at Assumption. Uh, unbelievable work. Weekend L goes to Travis Kelsey. Uh, Travis Kelsey um, is not very good when Taylor Swift isn't in attendance. Brian's going to laugh and say, oh, that's fake. That's not real. That's you being superstitious. He averages 108 yards when Taylor's in in attendance without our 46 yards. Yesterday, he had 58 yards as the Broncos beat up the Chiefs. At some point, it isn't a coincidence, right? At some point, it becomes something that's just a thing. Travis Kelsey, you get an L. No Taylor, no bueno. Weekend W goes to Will Levis of the Tennessee Titans. Will Levis came into the game in his first ever NFL action and was unbelievably good yesterday. Stretching the field, throwing long touchdown passes. Will Levis is an interesting cat now. Uh, This is the guy that uh, on social media said his secret to success is putting mayo in his coffee. If you don't believe me, Google Will Levis Mayo, you're gonna see it. He puts a lot of Minez, as, as we say, down the bayou in his coffee. It's disgusting. But it worked for him yesterday as he leads his team to a twenty-eight to twenty-three win over Atlanta. Levis' final line, twenty oh, uh, nineteen of twenty-nine, four touchdowns yesterday in his NFL debut. Weekend L goes to Oklahoma. Boomer Sooner. They had every opportunity to finish the season undefeated. They were heavily favored in every matchup the rest of the way after beating Texas, and then they lay a ginormous-sized goose egg against Kansas. Oklahoma gets a Weekend L. Weekend W, and this is the best news of the day. Creed has announced that they are going on a tour of the United States and um, are doing a... Couple of shows in Texas, Houston, and you know some different spots like that. I have been waiting for this my entire life. They are going to be joining forces with Three Doors Down, Daughtry, Sw- uh, Switchfoot, Tonic, and Big Wreck for a summer of 1999 tour. So for everybody from Southeast Louisiana who's ever been to a wedding or a gathering or a family reunion or another concert for another band and who's shouted, "Bruh, play some Creed." Like we all do in Southeast Louisiana. We finally have gotten our wish and our dream has come true. Creed is coming, not to Louisiana, but they're coming to Mississippi and Texas. And we absolutely, positively cannot wait. And L goes to Oregon State. Oregon State had climbed all the way up into the top 15 in the national rankings. They get upset by Arizona on Saturday. Um, Bye-bye. Your number 11 ranking is washed away. Arizona gets a 27-24 win over Oregon State A.W. goes to the New Orleans Pelicans man I can't be a Pelicans hater when they're winning basketball games and are healthy um, I could be a Pelicans hater and tell you I don't think that's going to last but while it's lasting I got to give them their props they beat the New York Knicks on Saturday got to 2-0 on the season and uh, they're playing with some good vibe and some good energy so so far so good a good start to the year for the Pelicans <laughs> a weekend L for me goes to the World Series man i I trying I'm trying I'm trying. I'm trying my best to watch and be invested in that. Just don't care. I mean, it's the Rangers and the Diamondbacks. I don't really have much of emotion for either one of those teams. Um, the series is one-to-one. The games have been pretty good. But like you're you're competing with high school, college, and pro football right now. And I don't know. I just ain't going to watch you whenever I got a good football game on the television that I could be watching instead, I I can't get into it. I would love to see, and I'm sure some of these ratings numbers are out. I would love to see what the ratings numbers were for games one and game two and how they compare versus other world series of the past. Because if I had to guess, and I'm going to do that research and I will tell you tomorrow, if I had to guess those, those games one and game two probably were not some of the better rated games. A weekend W goes to Sean Payton. Um, Everybody was laughing at Sean Payton early in the year in Denver. I don't know that they're going to be laughing for a whole lot longer. I see a Denver team that is getting better every week. I see a quarterback in Russell Wilson who is getting better every week. Did you know that Russell Wilson has 16 touchdowns already this year with four interceptions? Um, so he's playing pretty well. He's on pace to have 34 touchdowns and nine interceptions. So Sean has kind of fixed him a little bit. Still don't think he's the long-term answer, but it's a Denver team that looked like a train wreck a couple of weeks ago, but now's won a couple of them in a row, and I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs, but I am saying that this year is going to be the worst they're going to be. They're going to get better in the offseason. They're going to draft well. They're going to get more guys who fit Sean's system. And I think Denver is going to be in good shape long term. The Duke coach, man, we could. It's easy for us to sit here and hate on him now that he's not in New Orleans and say, "Oh, bro, you know, it was all Drew Brees." I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think if you give him some time, he's going to get that thing figured out. The dude's career record is 155 and 94. I mean, he's won 62% of his games. Duke coach. Uh, so, be very interested to see uh, what it looks like in Denver for the rest of the year. And the last L that I'll hand out before our final commercial break of the show is to the NBA. Um, they released today, and again, you could you could search this. You go to ESPN.com or Instagram or Twitter or whatever. These are being made fun of widely. The NBA is doing their in-season tournament this year for the first time, and it, the, the the goal of the tournament is to try to get a little more interest for the teams during the season. Right, they're going to be select number of regular season games that that are going to be in-season tournament games, we've got the teams broken into groups and there will be standings and at the end there's going to be like a little in-season championship. Um, I'm not altogether crazy about that idea, but I mean, hey, it's whatever. I'm not going to be turned off by it either. But what I am going to be turned off by is the fact that they unveiled that every team in these in-season play-in tournament games is going to have a special court um, for those games and if you go find it on social media those things are god awful hideous to whatever design firm designed those uh fire them immediately like it's going to be those courts are so loud and so bright and so colorful that it is going to be near impossible to even watch those games you're going to get and need cataract surgery. Just watching those games on the television, those courts are so hideous. The Pelicans' court is hideous. Um, For now, I guess I'm still a 76er fan while Harden is there. Their court is hideous. The Lakers, they're all hideous. They're bright, they're loud, just way too much going on there. So I give an L to the NBA for coming up with just a hideous design there. Let's catch a break when we get back out of the break. I'm going to talk about the New Orleans Saints and maybe a little LSU Alabama. The Saints got a big win yesterday. I'll get my thoughts on it. We'll wrap things up. One more segment to go. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after
2: this. Join us every Friday night for varsity football coverage with pregame at 6.30 p.m. and kickoff at 7 p.m. Friday, November 3rd, South Lafouche versus Vanderbilt. Our broadcast is sponsored in part by Danos, Absolute Fitness, Southland Dodge, Neo Small Engine, Thibodeau Regional Health System, REV, Maritime Safety Solutions, LLC, Calvin Braxton Ford, 3T Oil Change, and Terrebonne General Health System.
0: What's up? This is Casey Gisclair, and this is why I choose State Bank for all my banking needs. State Bank is a local bank, which means you get a taste of home when you walk through the doors. The bank's motto is Cajun Banking, serve just the way you like it, and that's for a reason, because you're always greeted by a real banker who provides smiling service. But State Bank also has the latest banking technologies, which means you get the best without having to sacrifice that personal touch that we all love. So go visit them today at one of their many locations. They're proud bankers serving a proud community. Resilient bankers serving a resilient community. At State Bank now 70 years strong.
10: Hey. Hey. You alright? I don't know. Lately, I've been feeling kinda off. Might be because you've been vaping so much. What do you mean? You know how when dirt gets in the engine oil, it throws everything off? Yeah. The nicotine in vapes is like that. It's not meant to be in your body. It throws off your natural brain chemicals which could make you feel jumpy, anxious, or even sad. It's like that engine with the bad oil, your brain ain't running right. Yeah, that ain't right. Keep your body running tobacco-free.
0: Learn more at behindthehazeLA.com. Sponsored by Louisiana Department of Justice
6: Everybody has a story A dream We don't always know where it'll take us Even against all odds
8: I was born small They said I was weak That I wouldn't make it Said my heart wasn't strong enough But through the years I've shown them what heart looks like Again and again I've had help Mom got me the right care and the right doctors from the start with Blue Cross coverage.
6: When health issues surface, it's good to know you can rely on the strength of the cross and protection of the shield. Your card opens the door to a large network of quality providers to care for you. Now,
8: I'm the one breaking hearts. Don't let people tell you who you are,
6: show them. With the right card, the right care, you can get back to your story. And to making your dream a reality. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana.
7: Baby, you a
5: song. You make me want to roll my windows down and cruise.
0: We did our W's and our L's. We want to thank Brian Colley for his time. We want to thank Brody Williams for his time. We want to thank Brandon Brown for his time. Uh, and we also want to thank you guys for your time and listening today. Uh, we want to thank our sponsors, the Blue Boot Foundation, Golden Motors, where price is priority located on Highway 32, 35, and Cutoff, and Dufresne Building Materials. Come experience the Dufresne difference with eight locations, Cutoff, Thibodeau, Belche, Sluling, Slidell, Araby, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. Um, the Saints got a win yesterday, 38-27 to over the Indianapolis Colts, improving to 4-4 four and four on the season. Um, a couple of things stood out. There was some good and some bad. Uh, we'll start with the good. I thought the offense played much better. Uh, New Orleans racked up 511 yards of total offense, um, which was really impressive. And look, it, it would be easy for me to come up here and say that the Colts defense isn't any good, and I would be telling you the truth, right? I would be stating a fact. The Colts defense is not very good, um, but the Saints offense isn't very good either. So. The fact that you were able to move the ball on a bad defense is still progress nonetheless. Uh, Derek Carr had more time in the pocket than he had in previous games. The makeshift offensive line held up and played pretty well for one week, which was good to see. Um, Getting Michael Thomas more involved, four catches, 68 yards, that was good to see. Um, And your defense playing pretty well in the second half was good to see. There were a couple of things, though, on the flip side that have got to get better. Uh, you're still a penalty machine, eight penalties, 73 yards. You're still one of the least disciplined teams in the NFL. That's got to get better. Uh, I don't understand why teams don't just line up and throw bombs against New Orleans all game long, knowing that one out of every three times a defensive back is going to just tackle the receiver and you're going to get big plays via penalty. Like The Saints have to clean up that penalty situation. You got away with it on Sunday, but you can't give up 70 to 100 yards of free yardage every week and that's what new orleans does on the regular um another little bit of a concern to me man is this once dominant defense that was limiting opponents and holding opponents down is really starting to show their age a little bit right uh yesterday you have jonathan taylor 12 carries for 95 yards zach moss 11 carries for 66 yards and a touchdown the Colts ran for 164 yards on the Saints yesterday. It's a Saints team that was very stingy against the run early in the year, but is you know Demario Davis is looking maybe a half of a step slower, Cam Jordan maybe a half of a step slower. It's a Saints defense that has a lot of veterans, and I don't know how well they're going to be able to hold up throughout 17 games because already in the middle stages of the year, they're kind of sort of showing some of their signs of wear and tear. And then another thing that is becoming a little bit of concern is uh, Groupie. Uh, you know, he didn't miss a kick yesterday. He was 5 of 5 on his extra points. He was 1, on, one of 1 on a short 27-yard field goal. Um, but he ain't exactly banging them extra points home with ease, right? A few of them are coming very close to straying away. And this is a guy who's missed some kicks lately. So that's becoming a little bit of a concern to me is, if it's a three-point game late in the fourth quarter and you need one, I don't know how much I trust that young man right now. He seems to be kind of fighting a little mental battle right now, and hopefully he's able to get that turned around. Um, but the Saints did what they have to do. Now they move into a game with Chicago on Sunday. Um, I haven't looked at the line. I'm looking at it now for the first time, but before I click it and see, I would imagine you are probably about a nine-and-a-half to a ten-point favorite at home. They are a seven-point favorite, so a little less than I thought. Um against a Bears team that just isn't any good. Justin Fields is not likely to be out there again. Um, so you'll be dealing with a backup quarterback and, and you know maybe for a couple of weeks in a row because the Vikings are your opponent after that and there's not going to be any Kirk Cousins in the lineup after he blew out his Achilles yesterday. LSU taking on Alabama on Saturday and we'll be covering that one head-to-toe. Uh, we did just get some unfortunate injury news from the Tigers is that during the LSU bye week, Makai Wingo, number 18, who got that honorary 18 jersey from Coach Brian Kelly before the season, a big part of the team. Uh, He's going to be out for the remainder of the regular season. He had a knee injury during the bye week, and he is going to be out six weeks. Um, Makai Wingo has on social media confirmed that news, uh, but he added a little caveat. He said, um, I'm going to be back for the playoffs to play with my boys. So hopefully uh, LSU could make some things happen and get Makai Wingo back out there. But uh, surgery during the bye week, he's out six weeks and will not be available for Alabama. I really think that um, this LSU-Alabama game on Saturday is going to be very interesting to say the least um, because I don't think the Alabama offense is very good, right? I don't. I think that they're limited at quarterback. I don't think they're very good up front. Um, They like to try to throw the ball deep down the field. If LSU could keep everything in front of them, they can maybe get some stops. And then on the flip side to that, if LSU's offensive line holds up, and it's a big if because Alabama has a very good defensive front, but if the LSU offensive line holds up and gives Jaden Daniels some time to survey the field without being under duress – I think there are going to be open receivers. I favor the LSU receivers over the Alabama defensive backs. And Las Vegas thinks that this is going to be a game where both teams are going to score on the other. Alabama is a three-point favorite. The over-under is 60. So you do the math. What would be a three-point game with the over-under of 60? They're saying like... Thirty-one to twenty seven type ball game. And I could see it being about like that because I think that both teams will be able to score on the other. Um, and then of course when you're facing a Nick Saban team, you can't lose on special teams, right? Because hell, 2019, right? What kept Alabama in the game? What kept that game from being a blowout? Oh, they took a punt to the house and, you know, some special teams things. You got to make sure that you're covering kicks, you're covering punts, you're protecting kicks, you're protecting punts because Nick is always good in these big matchups of trying to block one, trying to take one to the house, trying to um, do a pop-up kick and pin you back inside the 25 situationally in special teams. That's going to be a huge key. LSU special teams are night and day better this year than they were last, but that's not necessarily a fair claim that they're great, right? It's just they were so terrible last year that just moving up from an F to a C is a huge improvement. They're going to have to be a B plus RNA on Saturday, especially on the road against the Crimson Tide, um, who are going to be hungry to try to, you know, cinch down the SEC West. If Alabama wins this game, they're going to the SEC Championship. They would already have a head to head over Ole Miss, already have a head to head against LSU. If they win this game, they're going to be going to Atlanta and trying to win the SEC Championship. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. If LSU wins the game, then it still remains wide open, right? LSU wouldn't be a lock nor a shoe-in. They would have to continue to play well. They would need to uh, get some help, maybe have Alabama stub their toe another time, or they'd have to win the rest of their games. Uh, But both teams control their own destiny, and it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Tonight, Monday Night Football, uh, we've got a pretty good one, right? Monday Night Football tonight is the Las Vegas Raiders and the Detroit Lions. Curious to see how the Lions battle. Uh, I would heavily favor them over the Raiders today, especially at home. In the NBA tonight, we got some good ones. Uh, Just looking off the top of my head, we've got Dallas and Memphis should be pretty good. Miami taking on Milwaukee. The Pels are in action, taking on Golden State. Second night of a back-to-back for Golden State. So don't know if Steph and Clay and all those guys are going to be available. Orlando taking on the Lakers tonight. The Lakers dropped to 1-2 and yesterday, losing to the Sacramento Kings. Um, I know that I'm up against it, and I'm not going to do a whole NBA segment here. But look out for the Sacramento Kings. I've watched them a couple times this year. That team is fun. That team is explosive. That team is energetic. Um, Don't be surprised if the Kings are one of the last teams left standing at the end of the day in the NFL, in in the NBA schedule. Thanks to everybody for listening. Tomorrow is going to be more of a regular show of what you guys have gotten used to. We're going to have Brian back in here, so we'll be running some of the conversation through the both of us. Uh we'll talk some of this high school stuff. Uh we should have some times and dates for some of those volleyball playoff matchups and we'll uh we'll dive in head first. Thanks to everybody for listening. It's lunchtime for me. Have a wonderful rest of the day. Prepare yourselves for the chill. Winter is a-coming. Love you guys. You've been listening to Play-by-Play. Play. Have a great rest of the day.